Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast, where three lifelong friends discuss Wisconsin sports and more. Now, here's your hosts, Andy, Mike, and Pete. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the last special Questionable to Return episode of the Brewers Spring Training, episode three. We're going to cover the the outfielders. But first, as always, I'm with my buddies, Mike. Hi, everybody. And Pete. Hey, howdy, hi. No brewers, huh? I'm under the weather weather tonight. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to make it. That wetter sucks. Wetter. You got the zombie virus? Yeah, I'm patient zero. Do we need to keep an eye on you in case you turn? All right. Yeah. Can I take a sympathy day off of work tomorrow? It's up to you. I'm... I'm not driving. I mean, I feel I feel bad that you don't feel good, so I'm going to stay home in solidarity for you. That's nice. Maybe I'll Good join idea. you. All right. So thank you for getting sick, so we can all <laughs> participate in the time away. You're welcome. I tried to avoid the sickness all winter, and I got so far, and no, it got me. Knock on wood, yeah, I haven't kids been Kids have sick. it, and I have it now, so... It just it tends to spread around quickly. The the kids is what always gets me. Anytime I've babysat my nieces when they're sick, I'm sick the next day. So oh. maybe that's been my trick is uh, not babysitting. Well, my wife is teaching some 4Kers. So it's just a cesspool of germs and sickness and nonstop. Yeah. Speaking of patient zero, it's, it's one of those kids. <laughs> it's usually a 4K <laughs> kid. <laughs> All right. Did you guys uh, watch any of the All-Star game today? No? Uh, no. What All-Star no. game? You didn't, the All-Star game started today. Jeopardy All-Star game? Oh, my goodness. You missed Jennings out. Jennings in it? <laughs> sure Ken, Ken Jennings, Mr. 74 in a row. Yeah. He's back. Oh, nice. It's an all, it, They are doing it like the NBA. There's six team captains, and they did a, are sna- you kidding me? a snake draft for players. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so there's like teams? Yeah, it's teams of three. One, I do love Jeopardy. One, I haven't watched it in a while, but. So one, who are the I team captains, though? Uh, Ken Jennings is back. Of Bra- course. Brad Rudder. Hashtag, hashtag Team Jennings. Brad Rudder, the, uh, he has the record for most winnings in game show history because he's won some tournament of champions. And then it's been more recent people. But yeah, they actually did a live snake draft online for uh, who's going to be on the teams. And then your team, one person plays single, one person plays double, and one person plays final Jeopardy. I'll be surprised if the NBA doesn't go in and and try to file a lawsuit for... I know. It it is very NBA-like. It's like Team Giannis versus Team Ken Jennings. Intellectual (laughs) property. That's pretty awesome. I'll have to check that out. I saw that Jeopardy was on Netflix. Oh, like really? Old episode. I don't know if it's old episodes or like a special documentary, so I got to check that out. Yeah. No I offense just, to Jeopardy All-Star, but I have way too much on the backlog for sports between documentaries. Got to catch up on Game of Thrones before that comes back. No, that's a good point. I was thinking I might need to do do the same, do a little rewatch and really make sure I'm up to date for this final season. Well, let's get into this special episode, fellas. And get out of here so I can go to bed. All do right. We, <laughs> do we have to? Uh, so there's some MLB rules that are coming along. Pitch clock is being implemented in spring training games. 20-second clock hopes to help pace of play, which I don't understand. Implementing now just in case there's a rule change before the season. Any comments on that? Do you know? So it, what, hap- what happens when it expires? I don't know. Cannons I, go off? I believe the umpire can award the hitter a ball. That sounds right, yeah. Because I think technically there is a rule right now about how long a pitcher is supposed to take. It's True. just never enforced. Never. I think the only guy I remember being enforced for was, I think, Josh Beckett. Is that his name? The uh, former Red Sox pitcher? Yes. Because he would sometimes, like, on purpose, when the umpires would tell him to hurry up, start just walking around the mound and take forever and try to just get under the umpire's skin. I think he was one who had it, and maybe there was a closer, but... Is there going to be a visible clock? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think I saw a picture that there was a visible clock. So I mean, they're going to have to, so they can have visually to see. But that just seems like a big distraction, I don't know, to hitting and pitching. So I, I don't understand how how the, the pitcher is going to get out of their head. And, you know, it's such a mind game for a pitcher. I don't like it. It just doesn't seem also, like Also, I think one work. of the unique things about baseball is there is no clock. It's the, the only sport where they're, right. you know, 
there isn't a, a, a clock constantly there's no time constraint. Down. Yeah. yeah i i don't like it that much <laughs> what's interesting is there's already like as you mentioned there already is a mlb rule 8.04 requires that when the bases are unoccupied the pitcher shall deliver the ball to the batter within 12 seconds yep of receiving the ball from the catcher that never happens no way so never it's, so it's not instituted a shot clock yeah Never enforced unless you're trying to upset the umpire. These games don't go too long. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't have a. That's some of the fun. Of I don't notice the it's, difference. It's a more leisurely pace of play. Yeah, it's it, it's so mental too. Like we've talked about, sometimes you need to just take a second and kind of reset. Definitely. So it's almost like taking the rule and just making it visible now. Yeah. So fans can get even more angry. The other new rule is to prevent sign stealing. Which, um, I don't. I don't know if I agree with this one either because I feel like that's just another aspect of the game that I like. But it is already banned right now. Well, I I, I don't know if it's because cameras and and the such have yeah, gotten so yeah. high powered and that is so. True. That's what this is about. You're still allowed to try to steal signs if you have like a man on second, but they're trying to outlaw technology. Technology. Okay, I understand that. Because this has this is going to put a delay on uh, the feed that you see in the in the dugout or the clubhouse of the game. I think it's going to have an eight second delay. So also, would that would that affect your replay ability? I guess, or well, I guess they always call upstairs, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's not really a big deal. Yeah. the The ones yeah in the in the clubhouse and the bullpens now have an eight second delay. And What's com- I wonder how they're going to actually enforce that too, or how they're going to monitor whether that's being tampered with or not. Because the same thing with like the stat cast, like the feeds from that mechanism was supposed to be outlawed or not able to be retrieved until the day after. And there's been clear examples where that's been directly fed back to the dugouts. So I'm wondering how the MLB was actually going to even attempt to try to enforce these like these technology rules. Yeah, and what if uh, what if some of the bench coaches or guys who aren't playing that day? What if they have their phones out? Is that allowed? Or what if they have actually just team team only like camera feeds like mounted in random places? I don't know. Implants in the stands. Yeah, a lot of tough tough rules with new uh, technology and new you know things that come to baseball. But uh, let's just keep baseball as baseball. Don't change any rules. Uh, they're, yeah, they're trying to change too much. Yeah, definitely. Another big news coming out of the majors, Manny Machado signs to a monster contract, 10 years, $300 million, fifth-year club option to the Yankees, of course, right? I thought the fifth-year option was actually a player option. <laughs> it wasn't the Yankees. I know it wasn't the Yankees. <laughs> the other big spender in baseball. The Padres. The Padres, yeah. Which is very odd. Padres. Padres well, get Machado. But yeah, uh, I thought it was a club option, but you said what, player option? I believe it's a player option. Is it a player option? Because he wanted the uh, ability to renegotiate because huh. he's so young that he'll get the next round after five years, potentially, if he wants to. But I could be wrong on that. So yeah, the Padres had a superstar to their best farm system in the majors. Um, it looks like they're rebuilding pretty well. Uh, I guess who's next? Do you think Har- Harper will make $325 million? Do you think he's going to go over that $34 million average that Granke makes? Do you think he's going to break records, I guess? Well, after this, I don't think he's going to settle for anything less than exactly what Machado got, and he'll probably want a little bit more. So, Wasn't the White Sox deal actually better? So didn't the White Sox go to bed thinking they're going to get him? I know it was a little bit shorter. Wasn't it a... I forgot what it was. Was it a six-year deal or something like that? That could have been the deal breaker. It's just not offering the full 10 years, which is what these guys really wanted and teams were trying to get away from. Yeah, I think they least, I think it was like a three-year deal was averaging like $34 million those through those years, or 32 to $34 million, and then they had uh, incentives or bonuses kicking in for the final two. Well, the what's interesting is the Padres have – tried to go for it recently they had that year in like 2015 they added Craig Kimbrell James Shields Justin Upton and Matt Kemp and 
they were basically like a 500 team. So didn't work out at all. Got rid Kemp, of all Kemp of them. Got really bad that year, right? And so then last year they signed Eric Hosmer to a big deal, seven year deal. Now they signed Machado. They at least will have an interesting offense. They still have Will Myers. That gives them a pretty good heart of the order, but it's going to be a while before they fix their pitching through their minor league system. That's right. Don't they have Fernando Tatis Jr.? They do. Tatis Jr. So that'll be an interesting left side of their diamond. That's how we know we're getting old. It's all these juniors. There's Vlad Vlad Guerrero Jr. is uh, going to come up I can't wait for him. Hit some balls off the ground. (laughs) Tatis Jr.? Yeah. Yeah, so the so the White Sox deal was actually for two hundred and fifty million over eight years, which would have equaled out to just under thirty two million per, but it could have ballooned to three hundred and fifty million with pretty achievable incentives. Um the hardest one being he would get to five hundred at bats by the third year. Interesting. Yeah, Padres so, I guess he just favored being I guess he liked being in the West Coast, so yeah, Padres uh, are an interesting team to keep an eye on going forward. They, I think they had the worst pitching, starting pitching in the National League last year, so they're going to take a few years, but they could be pretty good two, three years down the road. So now that we're kind of talking about these uh, big contracts, small contracts, no contracts... Uh, I kind of sent you guys the the uh, story I found about uh, small markets kind of versus large markets and what's been happening the last two years. Um, it's kind of breaking down the MLB contract situations of big-time free agents, of course, and it's thinking that it's a small market worst nightmare right now because those those big markets aren't handing out those contracts. So in the early 1990s to the early 2000s, this article goes into like how – the bad was you had a permanent second di- division of teams. The Brewers, Rays, Tigers, Pirates, Royals were all terrible with like those 10 to 20 year losing seasons. But the good was the Indians saw success by signing all their young guys, no matter what. And they saw success as in they hit on a, a, lot, of, a lot of them. Yeah. Guys and like then, Manny Ramirez. Right. Right. And then you had Moneyball ath- Athletics. Of course, we all know that story. So, um, but then in 2010s, those, uh, Nothing stays a secret. Everybody catches on. It's a copycat kind of league uh, like any other league. So the big clubs started to do the same thing. The Giants, Cubs, Angels, Nationals, uh, Cardinals, Braves, Astros, they all started to sign their young stars early. And um, they kind of just made those small market teams kind of like the incubators, this article said. so. Um, but the last two off seasons, of course, that free agent for the free agency kind of hasn't has bottomed out of course Machado's deal we haven't seen a deal like that I don't not not in a while not well I don't think anything happened last year that big but um I mean, what, not that I can remember but is the A-Rod deal probably the last one or even uh, I guess mm. Pujols maybe yeah probably Pujols that's it's the last one I can think of 10 year yeah or Cano in terms of 10 year deals true so yeah, I mean we we we're still seeing that four I think four of the five top uh free agents still are unsigned. Um Machado signed the mega deal, but there's deals in 2019 like Grandall and and Mustakis, like they're all under value and Marquez signed for 6 million and they estimated him at 16 million. So there's a lot of a lot of contracts out there that are being handed out that are really small. And these big markets are kind of aren't pressuring those small markets to sign the big free agent contracts so it's it's kind of interesting how how this article went into depth so i just uh, wanted your thoughts on it yeah because the the 10 year deals those are fine for the small market teams to see guys getting 10 years 300 million right cuz they don't have a chance at that but at least the big market teams are forced to really pony up the cash to land these guys and when you start getting away from that and you see these guys all just sitting there and you know you see the Yankees the Red Sox the Dodgers all these teams just saying we're not giving up crazy money anymore it starts to make it so uh, they the advantage they have financially really starts to show because they're not they don't have to pay 30 million dollars a year right to land superstars anymore and that's what the small markets were banking on is the big markets have more money, but they're overpaying for everyone. So now, if things continue like this, 
yeah, it could kind of put some pressure on these small market teams that I don't know how they're kind of got to be perfect almost because yeah. a lot of a lot of these teams are tanking. Technically, there's not a lot of teams going for it like the Brewers and the like most of the NL Central. But uh, yeah, there's not not that many teams. There's a lot of teams that are really really bad. Yeah, if you look at teams that are tanking, um, the entire American League, right? American <laughs> I, League Central, the whole, the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, entire American League. That's true. Yeah, definitely. The American League had like four good teams last year. And over a hundred. They have a, cu- a couple teams over a hundred, like three, right? Yeah, and two and or three. I don't remember. And then it's like, yeah, you get the whole Central, other than the Indians rebuilding. Right. You had the Orioles rebuilding, the Blue Jays rebuilding. You got Texas rebuilding now after having been in the playoffs. It's just it's turned into a ton of teams now. It's almost kind of like NBA. Yeah, a ton of teams now are just like in tank mode. I think the scary. I think as you touched on, like this is a bigger. I think feel this is a bigger problem in the NBA more so. It's gonna NBA is gonna have this problem a little bit before the major league baseball is gonna have to. But I, I do find it kind of interesting. A couple of the big, the big spenders, the Marlins, um, paid Stanton, Stanton like a thirteen year deal, and that was like three twenty five. There's a couple small markets that have kind of not as small, but small markets have dished out decent sized contracts, but. You do like, as they mentioned a little bit in that article, but the Brewers got a couple of the of the top key players. So they did go to small markets. The Twins got another one. So, I mean, they're still in the contention, so I'm not sure it's quite as a, as an epidemic as they're trying to like make it come out to be. I think what's getting a little bit more scary as these teams are now on an even playing field where I think they're not going for those big deals, so they're not pushing out a bunch of cash as they were in the past. But now I think you're actually being weighed equally and now the favor is actually going just to the big market folks on the coast just for exposure and building the brand and that whole ordeal so if you see the major league baseball starting to go the same as the nba where these guys superstars want to go back to these mega markets just so they can make their money outside of the actual sport itself and become more recognized baseball seems to still be a little bit more of a i play for the game type of thing there's not quite so many personalities as you see, as in the NBA and some of the NFL stars, but NFL is protected a little bit more by salary cap. So I feel MLB is not quite as bad, but it's something that they need to keep an eye on. And I think the first like league that's going to have to address this is going to be the NBA. So it's an interesting thing to watch um, as it evolves. But like anything else, it's an evolution. Yep. There's going to be a way. There's going to counterbalance each one of these things. The markets are going to find it. And there is there's some room for small markets now to do what the Brewers are doing and go after guys like Moustakis and Grandal and find guys that you can sign for one year or maybe at a more reasonable price because all free agents aren't getting interest. And it's, yeah, it's interesting what you say about uh, making money off the field. It does seem like baseball just does not have recognizable stars the way these other sports do. Very true. I mean, Bryce I mean, Harper. I mean, but the NBA is so much more limited. Like there's five guys on a team and that's what you really, yeah. I mean, bench guys. But you're talking about a baseball team that's made up of you have nine starters, bench guys, and then the pitching staff. It's hard to have like these huge personalities. Even football, it just though, seems different. You get guys, you get some of the quarterbacks, probably wide receivers. You see in commercials, baseball though, it's it's like Bryce Harper is the only guy I can really picture in any commercials. Maybe Trout a little bit. Well, when you when you think of it, though, it's just a bunch of guys hitting balls and not really doing anything that's wowing everybody. Sure, you hit a home run, four hundred feet, great. But that's the thing is NBA and NFL are so much action. There's so much wow factor. Yeah. One headed catches, crazy dunks that Giannis has. You know, it's just the athleticism in those leagues tend to attract the young the young folk i guess so to say yeah it's, so that baseball is not a sexy game it's not it's a game about nerds and analytics pretty plus, much plus it just it's really crazy to watch these leagues i i think we can all remember like the 90s where i mean both sports again like it doesn't happen seem to happen quite as much in the nfl just because i think they have cap restrictions things like that but like the mlb and like nba they both have moved from crazy wild spending because they feel like they have to to try to keep up to much more methodical analytical data-driven decisions smart gms it's, it's not just exclusive to these big market teams there's a lot of thought being put in to looking deeper than what the status quo always used to be and i think like moneyball kind of played into it but 
you can see even Stearns with the Brewers, it's very calculated on what they do, and they get the most bang for the buck, it seems. And then other teams are following suit along with it. There's no, I don't, I don't think we can point to a team that's like, that's completely mismanaged. And you can point to them and say, like, you're, you're terrible because you have a mismanaged club where you can look to a bunch of teams in the past. Like the Wizards right now, I think, are paying the price for it because they were extremely mismanaged a couple of years ago. I think the Bucks are getting a little bit, they're a little bit lucky that they're able to dump some of the bad contracts. The, what was it, Larry? Larry Sanders. Larry Sanders, like that yeah. big deal. I could have totally derailed the franchise for a few years. You're just not seeing quite as much of that now. And I think that's probably playing more into the the freeze on contracts than it is actually probably a a problem for big market, small market. I think I think what we're seeing is an evolution even here with the the Milwaukee Brewers is an evolution of kind of like you have the what the Indians did in the past and what the Moneyball did. The Brewers are gaining assets that are attainable for multiple years are before their arbitration and they're really good players. So it's interesting now how they have that system going along. They don't have to pay these guys. They depend on bullpenning. Don't have to pay those relievers as much as starters. Put those starters in for four to five innings and then just bullpen. So it's kind of interesting how they go about it with Council and Stearns, how they built the team and it's all about more of a team and not these single players that you need so it, it it's very interesting how the Brewers kind of have done it and you you would wonder if other people try to stop start to copy what the Brewers are doing because you think of it and you have all these controllable assets on your big league club well now you can start building your farm system and not worrying about having to trade everybody from your farm system too so yeah because the Brewers don't really have at least going into last season it didn't look like they had any superstar player i mean you could say right. no yelich made that leap right but yeah. we, we didn't expect that it was just a team of a lot of nice players a lot of guys borderline all-star i mean braun used to be a star more when he was an mvp player right. but yeah we're just they just loaded up on yeah guys team control and a lot of guys that had all-star potential and when some of these guys pop and then you have them signed for cheap long term like yelich you're you're set it's gold Plus, I think it's kind of nice now that the league's becoming more of an international league or even national league. So there are fans of the Brewers that are, are, are spread across the country. And I think um, there's brewer representatives that came in and then talked. I watched a presentation on about from the business side that they had record sales last year for memorabilia and jersey sales and things like that. And a lot of played into locally, but there was a lot more sold internationally. And, that, and you make a game from the playoffs and there's a lot more fan and exposure. And it gives a lot more revenue to the team. And, and you're kind of seeing that now like. The payroll this year, speaking of that, like the Brewers have the highest payroll they've ever had in team history. You're spending on, on paper right now for $120 million. And you have Antanasio saying all chips are in now. Like we'll find money at the midseason if we need to. We're going to be buyers. And he's saying it's not it's not to, not to deny it's a great time to be a Brewers owner. I mean, to hear that sort of stuff, like you know he's you know he's making money and this, this club is worth it. And they're at the point now where they're willing to put all of it in there um, to make a run at it. Kind of puts a damper a little bit on that small club, big club. A little bit. Yeah, it is something uh, interesting to watch, though, going forward as kind of how the uh, the big and small clubs kind of uh, the chess match against each other even when it comes to yeah contracts and what kind of the next big breakthrough is after stuff like buying up arbitration years and then uh, money ball and what the future is now. It's not very Yankee like to not have them even as a contender for any one of these guys, like a true contender for two of the biggest I names know. in free agency. It's weird. I would have almost guaranteed in years past the Yankees would end up with one of Machado or Harper or at least Dallas Keuchel. It would have been done in, in December. Yeah. Right. I mean, like right away. I mean, guys Winter are meetings, nothing happens. Guys are in <laughs> spring training now, and Bryce Harper doesn't have a team. It's weird. Yeah. talking about spring training let's uh button up our last episode of course moose signed we all assumed he would play third base well we were wrong. council says he's gonna try out second base this is something that they were gonna try out last season um but shaw was obviously he was just amazing at second base which we kind of talked about and uh with his i think he only had one air at second base from what i remember last time <laughs> but uh so yeah they wanted to try this out in 2018 but now they're going to try it in spring training see how it goes and if it doesn't work well they'll, they'll just switch it back i think that's kind of the luxury they have of signing these guys or getting Mustakas back 
um, before spring training even starts. I think you got that luxury of getting a whole spring training session to see which one, how it pans out, play them in different, like, different lineup that yeah. they're going to be facing, things like that. And with the shift, like Moose was talking, and uh, with the shift, it, they're – He's he's played over there a lot, so it's not not really a new thing to him, but um, it'll be a little bit different for double plays and stuff. So I was surprised to look up their their size height wise. Shaw's six four and Mustakis is six foot even. Yeah, I didn't get that. I think you mentioned that probably. The, I thought you mentioned maybe that in the podcast, but how much bigger Shaw actually is, and I didn't really notice that Mustakis is just. Uh, He's just a moose. Yeah, I was going to say lack of <laughs> of a pun there, but yeah, he's a moose. Yeah, you you think of him as this power-hitting third baseman. You think, well, he's got to be like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, as well, but yeah, he's six foot and it's A little taller yeah. than Prince. Yeah. <laughs> Should we find out his BMI? <laughs> he passes physical. All right, time for the outfield, our last positional spot on this team. Let's kind of go through the little outfield moves, and then we'll go – to the starters, reserves, and and then we'll jump into our overall rosters and picks of 2019 before the season, and we'll probably make picks again and again and again. <laughs> but mm. we'll we'll give you our initial picks. So that's the nice part about making picks this early; we can change them a hundred times. So the top outfield moves: Ben Gamel comes in. Of course, Domingo Santana was traded for Ben Gamel back in December-ish. I don't remember, but uh, Keon Broxton went to the Mets for a pitcher, I believe. So those two guys are gone. We bring in Ben Gamble. Not, not too much to happen here, as in uh, our starters are Ryan Braun, Kristen Yelich, and Lorenzo Cain. This is the meat of our hitting. Poten- right? Potentially one, two, three in the order. Potentially, right. definitely. So just a 2018 overview. We obviously had the number one, number two hitting outfielders in the National League among Qualifier, qualifiers with uh, Yelich and Kane. Post-All-Star break, Yelich hit 367, 25 home runs, 67 RBIs, 10 stolen bases with an on-base of 449. That's and why he's daddy. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But Kane also hit 326, two home runs, 11 RBIs, 12 stolen bases, and a 448 on-base. And they finished one and two in war for the National League. They sure did. (laughs) Not too shabby. Not too shabby. So let's kind of go into this outfield, and let's start with left field and Ryan Braun. So in the offseason, he did work on his swing with analytics. He was one of the most unluckiest hitters in the majors last year. He was in the top 5% of hard hit balls and top 6% in exit velocity in 2018. So... Obviously, he just had a lot of bad luck with the, with his hits. He was hitting it hard. So he changed a couple things, looked at analytics. We'll see how his swing has changed this year. But he has not played in 150 games since 2012. And average decline batting uh, his average batting average is two, 299. In 2016, he hit 305, 2017, 268, and 2018, 254. Is there some concern here? of how his decline is kind of getting a little sharp for me. Uh, I think it's kind of expected. He's mid-30s now. Um, as you pointed out, there, I can think of a lot of times it did seem like he absolutely smoked a ball but yeah. hit it right at it, right. an outfielder or shortstop or something. But I think this is just... This what, we, is, what we can expect? Yeah, I think he's he's never going to be the, the 290, 300 hitter again. I would hope he could bat a little better. Um but I think this is just this is what happens to a lot of guys in their mid thirties. Yeah, not Very everyone true. can hold up. Yeah, I think if you if you get him at around two seventy mark, and you get somehow get twenty home runs out of him, I think that's a win. Definitely, I would like that. Moving on to Christian Yelich, I think a couple of the big guns on this team, of course, career year in twenty eighteen MVP. Uh, he can build on his twenty eighteen season. Hopefully, he is a career two ninety seven hitter. Of course, he hit three twenty six. So. We would expect a little bit of a decline, but who knows? I mean, he was first in batting average, second in hits, second in runs in 2018. Um, so, I think it, I think it'd be hard pressed not to expect a little bit of a re- a regression from yeah, last year. Definitely, I, he just smoked the ball in the second half. I mean, hitting what 360, like I said, it, I I don't think he can do that again. But if he can just 
be even out, you that, know, even it out at three hundred, I'll I'll be happy. That stretch he had in the second half, yeah, that was he was so hot. It it almost seems like that'll be he just won't have that stretch, and that's what'll hurt his numbers because he was ridiculous. He hit for the cycle twice in three weeks. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, I would expect some regression, but I still think he'll be a real solid player. Yeah. And, I do I do like him though. Like I mean, speaking the Ivis, but. The guy puts in the work. I mean, you, you see videos of him like going back to work about two weeks after the season was over, going in, doing strength training, get the swing back. The same thing he was doing analytics and, and data pinpointing for, for swing changes and altercations. And the interesting thing I saw, like a couple of reports, he was the first position player to report, reported like a day after pitchers and catchers did. Nice. He was in Arizona, like pretty much right away, ready to get back at it. Ready to go. Also, he's 27 now, and I know uh, it's – just traditionally, a lot of hitters uh, have their best seasons around 27, 28, 29. So hopefully this is just the start of his prime right now. Yeah, a lot of MVP seasons are followed up by a pretty decent year. I don't think there's a lot of fall off. There's a, a little bit of fall off, a little bit of hangover, but I, I hope there's no like Cubs epic hangover like they had that one year. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it feels good to have him locked up for another what, what, three years? Yeah, one of the Four best. Years? Yeah, one of the best deals in baseball. Definitely. Yeah, he's not a free agent until 2023. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the old man, Mr. Consistent. We kind of talked about him last week in our podcast, which was a pretty awesome story. Mr. Kane, Lorenzo Kane. Uh, he's just consistency. I mean, that's uh, that's all I expect from him. Uh, defensively, he's, he's great. He's going to be 33 years old in April, but... Um, yeah, as long as he can just be that that leadoff hitter and get on base and slap it around the field, I'll 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 be very happy. So, yeah, I mean he he had non base of just just under four hundred last year, three ninety five, and he stole thirty bases. So you hope he can still keep some of that that speed too as he uh, as he gets into his thirties because uh, we're going to be counting on him at the top of the order. And also, speed. did you just call him Mister Old Man? Oh yeah, I'm older than him, huh? Yeah, <laughs> but Bron is the oldest. Bron's the oldest one of the group. Oh, I feel bad. Corrections music. <laughs> he's not old. Well, we signed him. Uh, thirty. He's thirty-two right now. He's going to be thirty-three. Yeah, we signed him though for a few more years. The so we're banks kind of. We're banking on him holding up for a few more years. Definitely. But uh, yeah, I feel great with him at the top of the order. And after hearing that story about him in high or school, or will he be at the top of the order? Ooh, we'll find out. Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love him now after that hearing that high school story. Oh, definitely. From, from not knowing baseball by his sophomore year to now, like one of the smartest players we've seen that. Great clip last year of the base running where he's pointing. Yeah, stopped before second base, yeah. pointing to the base. Yeah, yeah, telling him whoever was on base ahead of him. Yelich, that was the Yelich, Yelich. Yeah, yeah, telling him, yeah, oh yeah, uh, go back, go back to second, and then he just walks the first against the Cubs, right? Yep. Couple of reserves. We have uh, Ben Gamel, of course, and Hernan Perez will probably see time there. Uh, other options in the outfield. Spangenberg, I think you see him yep. too. Right? Spangenberg. Thames if he makes a team and then of course Corey Ray we can talk about him a little bit if you want but let's just go into Ben Gamble a little bit uh he's the younger brother of Matt Gamble he's primarily a left fielder with some experience at right field um before we get too far I really just want to applaud you Pete what you did not call out your infamous Corey Hart I did it you nailed it oh I did <laughs> yeah there I'm you very go proud you got it Oh, thanks. I was waiting for it. I was ready. I was, I was ready to press <laughs> that button again. <laughs> I did it. I now did we'll it. just have to make it through this whole season without so, calling Ben Gamble Mac Gamble. <laughs> so oh, guess, man. so guess who probably when we talk about depth and potentially making the squad, I, I'm going to put a wager. I bet you he calls him Corey Hart before the before this podcast is over. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right. So Ben Gamble, he was uh, with the Yankees in Seattle. Uh, two years, 27 games. He's about a 270 hitter. Um, kind of young guy. We'll we'll see what he can bring to this team off the bench. What do you guys think? Not a lot of power. Um, 
He only had one home run last year. Yeah, he had an he had an oblique injury to start the season, and then he was kind of a pl- platoon guy. He did uh, start hitting close to three hundred, and then he was actually sent down to AAA by the end of the year. So he was kind of had a frustrating year with Seattle. He had a lot of injuries, so it was uh, off and on. Uh, Stern saw something he liked in him, though, so I would expect he plays a decent amount. I think Braun gets more days off, uh, well, as many as they can yeah. in, at age 35. So I think, especially against right-handed pitchers, you'll see uh, a fair amount of Ben Gamble in left field. So another little thing, just a little tidbit, he uh, can also play first base if needed, too. So, again, with Stearns getting all these guys that can just play all over the field, it's kind of great. And yeah. also flexibility, especially if you're going to sub in. But I, I like the idea of one, like you said, giving Braun that needed day off if you need to, or the inevitable injury that happens midseason with him. That's just going to, I mean, it's going to happen. That too, yeah. But I like the idea of having a pretty, a quality player that can play a couple different spots, but also a pretty reliable 270 plus hitter coming off mm-hmm. that bench is always nice to have. Definitely. I think, especially as you mentioned, coming off of Seattle, even coming on the bench. Limited his plate appearances, but he's still been at 272, career like 270 hitter. I think that's what more could you ask for coming off the bench? I think that's a good good guy to have. Is this safety? And he's only 26. Yeah, he's under under team control. Has one more minor league option remaining. Yeah, he hit uh, 283 against right-handed pitching last year. Only hit 222 against lefties. So you'd think uh, probably um, won't see him very often against lefties. But you know, put him in there. From time to time, I guess. Good pitch uh, hit. Yeah. Yeah. Based on those numbers, did you actually see how many played appearances? Is it a pretty even split between the two? No, he did. Uh, he had 212 at bats against right handed pitching, only 45 against left handed pitching. Yeah, so, so, it's, so it's a little bit skewed on how that. Yeah. They probably won't have him face too many left handed uh, pitchers. He also strikes out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This team strikes out There's a lot. lot. I think of, this team likes to strike out a lot. I thought we'd away are, from that. We are right? back into a strikeout era. I in Major League Baseball, just generally speaking. Yeah, yeah that's true, true. Very true. That comes with the power numbers. I thought Stearns was shipping everyone out of town who strikes out. Santana, Braxton, uh, VR is gone. All we got left is Thames, but... Yeah, we'll see. Braun and Gamble. We'll, we will see. They can combine for a fair amount, I think. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so Hernan Perez, obviously, he'll play all over the field, so we'll see him in outfield. We don't need to talk about him. But Corey Ray... Uh, I nailed it. I did it again, right? You got you did. it, yeah. Oh, you, you you're confusing be, me now. Now to, I'm like mind hey, games. No, it'd be a it'd be the shame call if you, you said it wrong. <laughs> I guess we'll be sick more often. <laughs> I guess will we see the Brewers' uh, highest first round pick in over a decade this year? He's a power speed combo. It's no longer in the top 100 of prospects in major league. 24 years old. He started to hit power for power last year, actually, at 27 home runs and 37 stolen bases in double A, but he only hit 239 and had a 33% strikeout rate. Um, fit, so, right, fit right in. So we will see. He has a great ceiling, though. I, he, he could be a really good player, and he's still young, so I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if we'll see him this year, maybe toward the September call-ups. I would think that makes the most sense. Uh, the batting average and strikeouts are a real concern. Yeah. And I guess the biggest thing he would have going for him is if he can play center field because who else is going to play center? It's basically Yelich is our backup center fielder, I guess. Will, right, yeah. Will Perez play there at all? I don't really know. Yeah. Good question. Good question, for sure. All questions I bet we find out in the next month or so. We should know soon. Yeah, and then Spangenberg, if he makes a team, can play outfield. I did not look up his outfield stuff, but... It's a run-of-the-mill utility player that can... Definitely. I still wonder if Corey Ray's a potential trade candidate, if we're still trying to look for that another arm. Yeah, if we're interested in a Corey Kluber. If we could pull off some deal that didn't involve Hira, if we could give up, you know, maybe Ray and pitching prospects, and I don't know what it'll all take. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, what do you have for your predictions of this team? 25-man roster. Let's do it. Opening do it. day. I guess we can start with starters, pitchers, starting pitchers, I guess. Sure. I have Shasin, Nelson, Davies, Anderson, and Woodruff. Bingo, that's what I have. 
Same thing? Yeah. All right, we're in agreement we're there. We're in agreement there. So that means Freddie Peralta in the minors? I would say Freddie Peralta in the minors, and Andy is shaking his head no, like Dikembe Mutombo finger. <laughs> I think Corbin no, no, Burns no. is going to be in that rotation. No, no, no. Corbin Burns. He's a wild card. I, I, have. I do feel like Woodruff gets the first chance in spring training. Yeah. I have but. Burns making the opening day roster, but out of the bullpen. I'm just I'm just really not comfortable with Davies, so I guess maybe that's just where I just don't feel good about that. But I anyway. don't think anyone gets excited by Davies. I just think he makes it now um, while they figure out what to do with that's him. That's true. Opening day might, yeah. A lot of pitchers started games for this team last year, so I'm sure yeah. sure stuff will be shaken up. And yeah. this, is, this is a little bit what I would like to see, not versus what I – so if you want to – I think I'd be with you if that's what I feel like it's going to actually happen for opening day. I think you're pretty pretty spot on on that one. All right, let's. Uh, we can cut off the top relievers, right? So Canable, Canable, Hader, Jeffers. Yeah, we could probably even put Claudio in there. Yeah. Okay. I have all four of them, and how many? How many guys? I have for? three more pitchers. I do as well. So well, did I, you guys like study together or I something? I guess or? so. I have uh, Junior Guerra. I Matt, ha- I Matt have. Albers. Okay. <laughs> I have Gara. I have Taylor Williams. Hmm. So I do not have Albers, and I do not have Taylor Williams. All right. I have Barnes and Burns. Barnes and Burns. No Albers, no Taylor Williams. All right. There will be a lot of movement with those positions, so we're just kind of taking stabs in the dark here. Yeah, <laughs> and I just think I just think they're gonna really want burns to start so why not put him in the minors for a couple months and then bring him up when davy sucks that's <laughs> that's very possible what do you think they'll do with Nelson? do you think nelson's gonna be ready yeah opening day yeah. oh yeah yeah i think as close as he was to pitching last year that he should be good to go but you're talking about burns bumping davies what about peralta i like to see peralta in the, in the bullpen i think he started enough last year that he's He's shown to, a lot. Committed we to haven't, being a starter. We haven't really seen Burns as a starter, so we've seen Peralta, and we've seen that he can be dominant against the Reds. <laughs> <laughs> Who hasn't? But hey, there's a new look Reds. New team look Reds team. Know. Yeah, I know. We got to watch out. All right. Perfect well, pitching pitching could be debated all night. I bet. Ah, uh, that's true. <laughs> all right, other players, of course. It's we got the, our. But it's probably the easiest one to debate. <laughs> yeah. True. Catchers, I don't think we need to debate too much. Yep, no. Eric Kratz starting. <laughs> <laughs> Grandal, Pina, two yep. catchers, right? Grandal and yeah, I have Grandal and Pina. I love, I love Grandal. I like Pina. I just something, I just like, I just like what Kratz did for this team. Kratz was a fun player to have, yeah. and it meant a lot for him to get into the postseason but at age thirty-eight. He, right, he has options. We can bring him back. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> He's not even in arbit- arbitration yet. Or he is, right? I'm is he in sure. arbitration? If he's still uh if he's still willing to stick with the new organization, he could be Is there a his coaching option? Yeah. He could be assistant, a guy assistant bullpen catcher. There's a lot of injuries. <laughs> That's true. All right, first base. Jesus. Jesus, don't call me Jesus. Aguilar. Yeah. And I have Thames. I do have Thames making the roster as well. What about you, Andy? I do not. All right. So I think it's going to be a platoon between, I I still think Shaw okay. or somebody else could fill in at first base if need be, but I don't see him making it. Right. Uh, now, our second base, I guess we'll just pencil in Moustakis for now yep. with very light pencil. <laughs> um, and then we'll kind of think of, I, I think of Hernan Perez, Spangenberg are kind of my other two. That will flip flop on on positions wise. So, yeah, I I think uh, Perez is the backup. I have uh, Spangenberg not making the team. Okay, all right. I'm I'm interested to hear who your who are your other guy is. So leave that leave that for last. Okay, Arcia, Yelich, Braun, Kane. I I don't think we have to yeah talk about them. Shaw, of course, mm-hmm. him too. All right. So I have Ben Gamble and Spangenberg, Thames, Perez, Pena on the bench. What do you got, Mike? So I guess where we differ is I have Saladino making the team over Spangenberg. I do like Saladino. He was injured last year, so Mm -hmm. he had a kind of a tough year. So here's the reason why. With Moose being signed now, we have Shaw and we have Moustakis, who both can play second and third. 
And that is Spangenberg's main positions, the yeah. second and third. He only has played two innings of shortstop in his life. So otherwise, we're looking at Perez. If we keep Spangenberg, Perez has to be the backup shortstop. And he's also going to be a backup second baseman, backup outfielder. You don't really have any third option then for shortstop. And I think that's a problem. Okay. So Saladino... I get, I get that. Saladino sure. can play shortstop, and he played a lot of shortstop last year. And he's played quite a bit over his career. So I think he's going to make the roster just based on his ability to play shortstop. And Spangenberg was a nice move at the time, but Moustakis eliminates any need for him. So he's a left-handed hitting second baseman slash third baseman. We already got a couple of them. Yeah. No, I, I, that's a good argument. I like that. I probably would change mine to, I totally forgot about Salandino. Good, good poll there. I also like Salandino in there, but I also have like Spangenberg actually making it, and that's the kind of the casualty of Thames. Gotcha. Yeah. Which, if you did that, then basically look at Spangenberg probably as a fifth outfielder, I guess, Perez a little bit. Based on having Thames, it almost seems like he'd be more likely to play outfield than infield. I don't really don't even know where you'd put him. He's kind of yeah. caught in no he man's needs land. A, he needs a big spring training to probably keep his job which is sad because the guy was a great story when he came on this team right i, I really like him too he's a oh, great yeah. he's a great guy this the six-pack uh muscles yeah <laughs> he looks like a bodybuilder yeah he's, he's into brewing his own beer he drives a big yeah. truck he fits right he's, in in wisconsin fits perfectly <laughs> other than other than being in shape he fits right in in wisconsin <laughs> yeah definitely I just like the more the utility of, of Spangenberg, and I just think if you're going to throw a guy in the outfield, and especially probably when they have to go in, you'd probably want more defensive-capable people going out there. Thames is more of a liability. Thames is probably the biggest defensive liability on the roster, so yeah. Muscles get in the way. All right. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our final segment of this last special episode, which will be Predictions. So let's kind of start. Where do you, how do you guys want to start? You want to start predictions in the NL? I think go have the have the central last, or you want to just I think straight? get the AL out of the way because no one cares about the AL and it's yeah. boring. AL West. Who do you guys have winning it? Astros. I have the Astros. Astros. All right. How about AL Central. Um, you can probably put this in marker, permanent marker. Indians. I have the Indians. Yeah, I mean, I kind of would like to see the Twins kind of do something, but yeah, it's hard. They're I the only hard, other. I mean, everybody's been saying that for the last ten years, though. <laughs> I know <laughs> they're the only other team I considered, and no, I know. So, but it's it's the Indians. What yeah. about the American League East? This is the tough. This, this is a tough one. This one's at least the most entertaining. I I kind of part of me. I think there's gonna be a bounce back for the Yankees. I see the Yankees kind of winning the East. I have the Yankees as well. Yeah, I I think the Sox. I mean, the Sox were so good last year. I just, I expect some regression. And the Yankees, uh, they have a lot of young guys that they are do, coming yeah. up. Andahar and Clyber uh, Torres are going to be on the roster. I think uh, that combined with regression, it's going to be close. But uh, I'll give it to the uh, Yankees. So then uh, who do you have as your wild card game? The wild card game. This is where it gets tough because of so many teams tanking. So obviously I have <laughs> not many choices in the American League. <laughs> so obviously I have the Sox. So I would probably pick Yankees and I th- hosting probably Yankees Athletics last year's game. Yeah. So you have, a, you have the same, same playoffs as last year. I have I have Red Sox Angels. I have the Angels as well at the uh, at the Red Sox. I think the Mike Trout Angels are just going to get in the playoffs. Now that the we got all that out of all the way. All that dumb ALs out of the way. <laughs> Let's move on right. to the tougher league. All right. NL West. Any surprises here? I have the Dodgers. Dodgers. As much as I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Can't. You're not going to pick the Padres? A, no. They have a really solid starting five, so I'm kind of nervous about their pitching. Let's go to the NL East. We'll save our division for last. This is where it's kind of tough. Mine might be a surprise. Okay. I'm going to say, I've been back and forth, but I'm going to say Nationals. I think they they go back and win. Okay. Even without Harper. 
Yeah, I would say. So I, I was kind of talking similar. My, I was going back and forth between the Nationals and the Braves. I do think that I, I feel like I like the Braves. They made a huge. I think they're ahead of schedule, especially after last year's performance. I still like the Braves from my childhood. The Chipper Jones, David Justice, Fred McGriff. I thought I might be going out on a limb because I also have the Nationals. I think uh, no Harper, no problem. They spent some of that money on Patrick Corbin. Right. They have a great top three with Scherz, yeah. Scherzer, Strasburg, definitely, and Corbin. Definitely. They still have a lot of, they got young guys like Trey Turner and mm-hmm. Juan Soto. And then they got veterans still in there, Rondon and Zimmerman. I think they're still going to be good. They're going to be a solid so, team. So let's say if, if, so if Harper doesn't sign in the East, I like the Braves. Okay. And uh, let's just admit the East is going to feast on the fish, right? Oh, the Marlins oh, are going to be the worst team worst in baseball. Worst team in baseball, yeah. yeah. All right. What everybody's been waiting for. <laughs> is everybody? The toughest league probably in the majors. Is, yeah, the division yeah. is loaded. Because the Pirates were supposed to be bad, and they managed to be like 500 last year. Yeah. If you're talking about you know which fan base or which team might not be well run, the Pirates are probably the one the fans are complaining about the most now is because they aren't really committed to rebuilding and they went like close to 500, but they're not really committed to signing anyone either. Right. They're kind of just in a weird no man's land, but. All right, Andy, how about you lead it off? So do you want me to do the brain pick or the heart pick? <laughs> brain. All right, brain pick, Cardinals. I went with the Brewers. That's your brain pick? Mm-hmm. My brain pick is, it's going to be a bloodbath. Man, I don't even think there's a wild card out of here. I think it's just going to be so muddy. I got to pick Cardinals. I hate saying it. My heart says Brewers, obviously. My heart is definitely Brewers. Brewers won 96 games last year. How many games would you guys say they win this year? Especially with the way the the division is actually shaping out, I would be happy with Extremely happy with eighty-five. I'm probably right along those, uh, right along those lines. I would say, but I'll say eighty-seven. I was looking at some projections, and uh, one site I trust had the Brewers only at eighty-four wins, but I am going to take them for ninety wins and win the division, a close division. Are you predicting another game playoff? Or do you are they going to win it outright? They're going to win it outright. All right. So I just have to bring up, though, Baseball Prospectus has the Cubs last in our division. Last? Yeah. I find wow. it hard to believe. That's shocking. 79 and 83. Team. So this is all computers and all this yeah. stuff. So 79 and 83. And they have the Brewers in first, 88 and 74. What's the thing with this whole division? I think, except for the Pirates, like any one of those could be. Would you be that shocked if the Reds have a rebuilding year and they're and they teeter-totter out of first for part of the year oh yeah i bet you the beginning of the season it's going to be crazy flip-flop given the way so many teams rebuilds have gone ahead of schedule including our own but yeah the braves and i wouldn't be that shocked if the reds were good and i mean they still have some decent players that have been there for a while so So, i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't be overly shocked if the cubs were in first i wouldn't be shocked if they were in fourth true who do you guys have for your um wild card game i guess before maybe we give our final thoughts on the brewers so i'll go with even though i said there won't be a wild card out of the central i'll still go with brewers braves okay so you have the brewers making the playoffs yes yeah so if if i had to pick for like the wild card for the for the nl i think it'd be brewers nationals i have the phillies hosting the cardinals so do we all have the Cubs missing the playoffs? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Love it. I mean, but if oh, you think yeah. of their you think of their starting five and it, there's a lot of question marks. Hendricks had two in injured seasons in a row, right? And Darvish you don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah. Lester, he can't continue this. He's getting older and older. Like as as much as their starting five looks great and even their team, they're not getting younger they're getting older i feel so. yeah they're a team that hasn't really made no. any moves no not at all they they made some that's relief another, moves but nothing, nothing that's another big. fan base for the amount of money that they're paying they're also equally frustrated i feel I don't th- I, 
I think you hear a little more about it for us, especially because we're so close to the border. You hear the the crying. Definitely, the, and the whole team is crying based off that baseball prospectus <laughs> standings too. It's like their chalkboard. So if Harper does go to Philly, I think that changes my whole. Yeah, yeah, guess definitely. Of the East. Even, a lot of things could change tomorrow. Really, even without Harper, uh, I do like the Phillies because they were pretty good last year and they made moves already. Players, they yeah. got Real Muto and yep. Gene Segura. Former Brewer Gene Segura sure is bouncing around a lot. 300, though. Yeah, for a 300 hitter. Yeah. So let me get to why I think the Brewers will win the division. If you look at the team from last year and especially the playoff roster, the Brewers didn't really lose anyone that can't be replaced too easily. It's it's guys like Scope and Gio Gonzalez, Wade Miley. Those are the biggest changes, I guess, Soria. But we added Grandal. We bring Moose back. Jimmy Nelson's like signing a free agent pitcher. Very how, true. How Very are true. we going to replace Scope? I don't know. I'll hang up and wait for the answer. Uh, Saladino? <laughs> and then the, answer, the correct answer is anyone. I'm anyone al- can replace Scope. I'm also counting on between Peralta, Woodruff, and Burns that those guys give this team a shot in the arm of young pitching that we haven't really seen pretty much in our lives. The Brewers have never really had good young pitching. There's been names, but we haven't really had it, yeah. And I think that'll offset even any regression that you might see from Yelich or Hayter. I think the pitching is going to be maybe overall better than last year, combined with really solid uh, lineup again. I know the division's a concern because... It is going to be tough games on the regular, but that's my feeling. I think th- I think they'll regress win total wise, but still win the division. I mean, the hard part about that though is you're talking about signing a free agent, like by getting Jimmy Nelson back, but you're also losing an equal caliber and Wade Miley. Like we got lucky as heck to get what we got out of Shasin yeah. and Miley, and I'm not sure that happens again. That's where I'd, I'm banking a little bit on the young guys right. being productive. Yeah. My overall view and and how I think the Brewers can can repeat as National League champs, well, repeat as National League Central champs, I should say, mm-hmm. first. I'm not going to get too far ahead. But uh, I think the outfield hitting has to continue to be consistent. Those those three guys, I would love to see Braun kind of bump it up a little bit, see if he can be one of the most lucky Tap into hitters. Tap the youth. <laughs> not the unlucky hitters. So Braun being better will help. Uh, infield. Helping out the pitching, I think less airs. I don't want to see as many airs as we had last year. I hate airs. Um, so our, our our questionable starters, um, <laughs> got to believe in them. That's that's mm-hmm. something that um, I think Ananasio even said. It's kind of like the rotting danger field of starters out there, but we believe in them, and, and they showed it last year, and, and I think the fans have to believe in them and that they can do it again. And it's just seen, of course, he had a career year last year, but – he is a solid pitcher. Uh, he's got some great mm-hmm. stuff, and and mm-hmm. I hope I hope he can continue to be that second guy or first guy, so to say, because we don't know what we're gonna get from Nelson, but Nelson really showed that he could possibly be an ace. So I'm I'm kind of excited to see him back on this team. It's it's what they needed, and everybody can stop crying because he <laughs> he can be that ace. So, uh, and then how does Council deploy the bullpen without depleting them? That's a really big thing, I think, because. If your starters, of course, if your questionable starters aren't going to stay in that game, I don't want to be using Hater two innings, three innings in April. I know he can do it, but you don't know. Those those relievers are, are so spotty as in their, their run time. So I, I just I want to save them until the second half. Yeah, I know we disagreed about a couple – relievers on who makes the team but i think you'll see a ton of guys guys like taylor williams i didn't i didn't have he'll be up and down hauser and, and right. hauser yeah you'll see guys like that and hopefully that and we need to talk about tomlin too tomlin could be that miley guy yeah he could drop davies you just don't know we don't we don't know anything a lot could happen from now until um that first game starts so if i see the brewers repeating as as nl central champions i guess we Similar to what you guys have said, um, the the pitching is going to be the probably biggest question mark. Not so much, I think they overachieved last year quite a bit. 
Um, so to repeat that would be kind of difficult. But we also have some interesting pieces coming back. Jimmy Nelson's got a lot of weight on his shoulders coming back. But there's also a lot of pieces. So I think you'll see Corbin Burns hopefully make the next next step. Like Freddie Peralta makes that next step and has more experience coming back from the postseason. So I think they're capable of doing that. And then you match up. What I think is going to be quite interesting is actually what you mentioned defensively. We're kind of in signing Moustakas to get that bigger bat in the lineup. I think you do have a liability now on that infield. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Hopefully um, a good spring training kind of alleviates that. Other things I think you need to look for is also the regression from that outfield hitting. Um, does that get picked up by adding a Grandal at that catcher? And does it even itself out by having somebody that actually can contribute at that catching spot? And now the comp- compilation of actually having Moustakas there for a full year and seeing what Arcia can actually do coming off that strong postseason showing kind of kind of will put the will alleviate a little bit of the stress that I think over the regression they'll be in the outfield. But I think the biggest factor is going to be what happens to the NL Central, not under the Brewers' control. Like as we mentioned, they're going to be beating each other up. It's going to be a bloodbath. Can we come out unscathed? So we have other teams that made just as big of a jump as we did. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, and, and that's not really in our, in our control at all. So I'd like to see him repeat. I, I just trying to protect ourselves, my emotions and my feelings and my heart. <laughs> but what I think we have over a lot of other teams, especially as you talk about teams in Chicago and things like that, is this team is amazing as far as gelling together. They have a lot of fun together. Even when, I mean, they they won a lot last year, but I think they rally around each other. So I don't think you have some of that team dynamic problem. And I hope that I think that helps actually win games on the field. And it's much more fun to watch from a fan perspective. You can go through the struggles of them ha- having in a slump because it's just they're just a fun team to watch. The guys getting hanging out with one another and getting along. You just don't see that a lot in, in major league sports. Yeah, a site I like quite a bit is called uh, Roto Champ. They're it's good for fantasy baseball, but their projections are every team in the division winning between eighty and eighty six games. So it is razor thin margin of right. what could be in the playoffs versus completely out of it. Win the division versus completely out of it. But getting as far as we did last year, I think plays into our advantage because having that experience, they all have a feeling of they left something. There's unfinished business to to complete. Mm-hmm. I like having a, a team with that mentality. Not like what was me and, and it should have been us, but the fact that they knew they were there, they gave it their all, but they, they know that they need to get back because they felt like they have something left to prove. So I wouldn't be shocked if they're number one. Um, just those pesky Cardinals. Just hard to keep those yeah, bad they, boys down. They fire their coaches and get better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got to know how they do it. I don't know. Well, it should, be, it should be a really fun year. I do want to thank you guys for... Uh, putting this together joining me in, in in this little special episode journey it was a lot of fun breaking down this roster our first kind of brewers roster breakdown so it was a lot of fun thank you guys for for uh, doing this yeah can't wait for the season to start indeed so before we let you guys go sports injury stories get Definitely. them get them out there so we'll be tweeting this out probably by the time you listen to this we have ours on Chasing history. A little fun hat. It's a good hat. But we want to give that to you guys. So send in your sports injury stories. Any funny ones you have or, or any of the gruesome ones. We're, we're happy to listen to them all. But you can uh, submit those on our website, questionabletoreturn.com slash giveaway. That's where we're going to have all our giveaways now and in the future. So head out there, submit it. We'll pick a random person. Very nice hats. They're comfortable. They're awesome. They're new era hats. New era hats, yeah. They're really comfortable. Oh. They're fun snap, and they're cool looking. Snapback still, so it's my style. The snapback with the mesh back. That's yeah. how I buy all my hats. All you, have to, all you have to do is share a story that you'd love to tell anyway. Yeah. And we'll we'll give you a free hat. We will pay for even shipping. There we go. No cost to you. Free hat. Free hat. I mean, come on. It's worth the thirty seconds of your time to take that bad boy. Oh, it's probably gonna take more. But I mean, it's worth your time to get out there and get a get a story in for us. If if you haven't played sports, I mean, walking is a sport. You walk your dog. I mean. The dog, that, that's a sport, right? I sure, know. maybe you got sure. hit by a car walking yeah, your dog. You so send it in. Yeah, it's like race cars and, and yeah, speed walking. So we have a few entries already. Do you guys want to start reading those next podcast? Yeah, we can we'll, do we'll that. share a few of them at a time as we yeah. go. We'll, 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 we'll enjoy <laughs> reading these, I think. It'll be good. So with that, I agree with you guys. It's been fun. As we see the first game coming up against the Cubbies on Saturday, make sure you watch, support our crew. With that, we'll leave you guys go. Goodbye, everybody.
Keep turning up the heat. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Questionable to Return Sports Podcast. Send us your questions, read more about us, and more on our website, questionabletoreturn.com. Follow us on Twitter at Q2Return and Instagram at questionabletoreturn. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash questionabletoreturn. Follow each of the guys on Twitter. For Andy, at Andy, the number nine, M-A-N. Mike, at Mike R. Daly. And Pete, at P, cozy with a K, Junior, J-R. Please consider leaving us a five-star review as well as sharing us with someone you know.